The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. And that's because the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe has some great features like the available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads, and much, much more. So think about those places that you want to go, the things that you'd like to do this weekend and where the Santa Fe can take you. Learn more about the all new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Freaking first cut. Golly. Welcome to the First Cut Podcast. I'm Rick Gaiman, and this is your round to recap for this week's Arnold Palmer Invitational. And joining me to break it all down, Greg Ducharme is here. What up, Greg? What's going on, Rick? Great to be with you tonight, as we do quite often on Friday nights. Uh, very, very exciting. What a tournament we've had so far. Um, kind of a tale of two days. And I would say a tale of mornings and afternoons as well. Yeah, for sure. So the tale of two days that Greg is referring to are uh, presumably the scoring averages around Bay Hill. On Thursday, round one, it was just a hair over par, 72.29. and uh, uh, 72.29. But here on Friday, Greg, a lot more difficult, 74 and a quarter. So you're talking about two shots more difficult on Friday and the guys in the afternoon uh, seemingly on the wrong side of things. Yes, it was brutally tough. So if you're a Rory McIlroy and you went out there yesterday and and got a good round in in the morning and you were playing this afternoon, you're able to hang around, hang in the mix. Um, And um, so, look, that's a that's a good sign. It's good when you can get uh, take advantage of a morning round because he's probably hopefully not going to have any more for the rest of the week. So I'm looking at that leaderboard. And uh, with looking at what we're expecting for the remainder of the weekend, and I, I don't know if anyone is at nine under by the time this thing ends. Yeah, how how hard can it get? Because the afternoon wave on Friday was three strokes over par on average, which is, I mean, that we're we're talking almost you know major championship level stuff at that point. How how hard can this get over the over the final two days? Yeah, it can. I mean, you could see the whole the whole field around 75 for that scoring average, which is three over par on a par 72. It can it can get brutally tough. And when the fairways get faster, when the greens get faster and firmer, more importantly, firmer and you have the rough as thick as it is, that's a recipe for uh, extreme challenge. And then you have, it's not like open championship greens where uh, many of them are open in the front and you're encouraged to bounce the ball in. That's not this kind of golf course. There are bunkers in front, water hazards in front. Things guard the front of greens. So all of a sudden when you miss fairways, now you're either bringing in the trouble that's in front of the green or the trouble that's long of the green. So what you end up getting is somebody who's playing really well lands it around the front of the green and it releases all the way to the back. If hole locations are in the front, they're not accessible, even from the fairway. I mean, you got to have a you got to have some kind of wedge in at, at the very least to have a chance to give yourself a putt. So it gets it it can get really challenging. Again, I mean, you have you have plenty of water hazards out there. 
and you're going to be tested in your short game through the whole weekend. With a two-shot lead heading into the weekend, courtesy of a Friday 66, Victor Hovland is on top of the leaderboard. This was a sublime round number two for Victor here, Greg. It was seven birdies, just one blemish on the card, a bogey on the par for 13th, but otherwise... Not only was he in complete control of his game, but had his best putting round of his career, a little more than five strokes on the positive side with the flat stick. And made made over 120 feet of putts for the day. So that's a, it's a great sign. Now, looking at the model, how good of a sign is that? Well, he was really good. He hit the ball really nicely, too. He was sixth approaching the green, didn't necessarily drive it all that well. Um, he hit eight of 14 fairways and 11 of 18 greens. So that kind of, that gives you an idea. He's sixth in strokes gained approach and he misses seven greens. So all of a sudden short game becomes very important. And what did Victor Hovland do? He was six of seven scrambling. So for him to hold on this weekend, that scrambling number is probably going to be more important than any of his other wins. Even if he hits the ball really well over the weekend, which is fair to expect him to he's still going to have to scramble. He's still going to have to get up and down a lot to, to hang around. And everybody is everybody in this field is, but I think you're going to see that scrambling that short game number grow in importance through the week. As much as I'd love to crown Victor right now, trust me, I would this, I'm not going to do it, but this would be really a stamp, a, a signature victory for him. It would be a U.S. soil uh, invitational event with a stacked field. This would clearly be, if he could close it out, the best win of his career. On, on a really tough golf course as well. And that's kind of the thing. Like I was saying, that short game is going to get really tested when you get into major championship quality golf courses. Now, th- this is a, a major championship like test. No question about it. When you have that kind, when you when you have scoring averages approaching three over par on a par seventy two, approaching seventy five, you're into major championship like test. Uh, at least for the weekend rounds. And today probably was too. So um, when when you get on that difficult of a golf course, every player in the field, every area of their game is tested. And for Hovland to get a win this week, if he's able to pull through and play two great rounds over the weekend. This is going to be obviously his biggest victory, but it's it's going to elevate him into a into a new category. And all of a sudden, those expectations of of major championship victories really come into play for him. You asked me this about Daniel Berger last week at the Honda Classic, and I I said I answered with no. Well, if you asked me this week with Hovland, my answer would be yes. And and it um it just inches him that much closer to a Colin Morikawa type, um, you know, one of the true elite players in the game. Uh, and and this is the next step for him. It's not going to be easy. It's not going to be easy for Victor. It's not going to be easy for anybody. We're talking about the course getting more difficult and the stars are lining up behind. Seven under par, two shots back, Terrell Hatton, Taylor Gooch, and one Rory McElroy who shot a... Friday, 72, Greg, with uh, a two over on the on his second nine. It was bogeys on 15 and 17. I, I want to kind of take you a little bit through this round because Rory missed the short putt 
or two that I think has been his trouble spot over the course of the last couple of years. But I think if you would have asked him, would you take an even par 72 out of a wave that was three shots over par? I, I, I think that's a pretty good result for him. Yeah, especially with what he did yesterday. The concern is exactly what you said. It's the putting. Now, putting has been great for him of late. Um, I, I can't speak exactly to what happened on the DP World Tour. We don't have statistics for that. And what we saw in that is basically Rory hitting a flag stick and it's spinning off the green. I personally wasn't watching every shot of Rory when he was playing in Dubai. But the results tell me there's something going on with the putting. And then you combine it with what he's done on the PGA Tour. And I say, yeah, the guy's he's made some big improvements on the greens. Today was a bad day. He lost two strokes on the greens. He only made 47 feet of putts, and it was a struggle. Now, like we said with Hovland, that area, the area of weakness gets tested under a, under a test like this, in conditions like this. Can Rory get back to what he did in 2018, where he found something with the putter, went shot 64 on Sunday, and won the tournament? I, I don't know. But um, but it's certainly going to be tested, and I think we're going to find out a lot more about his flat stick and, and the legitimacy of, of his recent success over the weekend. Uh, real quick on John Rahm before we go look at the odds board. For all of the frustration, for all of everybody kind of writing him off this week and all that good stuff, 72 and 70 in his opening two rounds, that's T13. Greg, he might be too far back. There might be too many big names to win this thing, but th that feels like the worst John Rahm could have shot, and he is inside the top 15 of this event. I mean, he's handed away at, at least one shot. I mean, he, oh, he left sure, the 10-inch sure. shot nine inches short. That that might be the only shot that, like, if I step, if I subbed in in that moment for John Rahm, we would be at three under as a team, not two under like he is by himself. Right, right. That's the That's the one. And there aren't many people who can't say that. <laughs> Pretty much everybody right. can. He ha he handed one away. And if he's at three under, I know Hovland's nine under. I'm not calling the real lead seven. But, no. but what we've seen at this event before, Rick, we've seen 36-hole leaders struggle on the weekend. It will not take... It, it doesn't take an, a poor player. It doesn't take a bad player. It doesn't take a terrible round of golf to come back to the field. And, uh, and even a Victor Hovland, if it was Rory McIlroy where Hovland is, I'd say the same thing. Seven, that seven under mark is a fair target if, if you're sitting in John Rahm's shoes. And if he's only four back heading into the weekend, well, gee, that's nothing. He's now seven back. He could look at it and say, okay, I'm, I'm, really, uh, I'm really five back. See, he, look, he's still, John Rahm is still in the mix. He's very much in the mix. He probably has to shoot six under i mean that would be a great target for him if he could break 70 both days over the weekend i think he'd have a chance he'd have a chance uh on sunday coming down the stretch yeah especially with how we expect things to get more difficult in the scoring averages for the week okay we're gonna look at the odds board and we're gonna see if we can find some movers and shakers but first we're gonna take a quick break and hear a word from our partners robert half research indicates nine out of ten hiring managers are having difficulty hiring if you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, 
legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. And we're back. The 36-hole leader, Victor Hovland, is no surprise your betting favorite over at Caesars Sportsbook. Greg, he's plus 163 with the trio at 7-under right behind Roy McElroy, plus 333, Terrell Hatton, Six and a half to one plus 650 and Taylor Gooch at plus 800. When you start looking at the guys who are single digits, how would you assess the betting options on this Friday night? Well, um, I, I don't think Hovland is a smart bet right now. Uh, it, it just based on the numbers, it, that doesn't seem like the area you'd go. Now, I do think I, I find Hatton very interesting. You know, he hasn't hit the ball great. He did say after his round he was going to go try to clean some things up on the range, which he doesn't normally do. And if he can find something with his ball striking, um, it, it could be a good sign. I guess the, the question is, Rick, for you, how much of the model, the typical model, guys who are hitting it great who haven't really found it on the greens yet, how much of that comes into play here? Or do you think, are you with me, that short game is going to kind of take even a higher level of importance over the weekend. Yeah, I I tend to lean a little bit more towards that side of things. Anytime you get to a golf course where par is a good score and we saw it last week and we're seeing it again this week and I think pars will become increasingly more valuable on Saturday and Sunday, that tends to be short game stuff. It tends to be lag putts. It tends to be guys trying to get down into from 38 feet instead of stuffing it to eight and having it turn into a putting contest. So I start to lean more towards the short game stuff on the more difficult courses that we get. Yeah, I, I tend to agree. I tend to agree. Now, I, I just think it it, um, it limits the success of a great shot. And so ev- everybody's kind of scrambling, right? So now if you look at, you go onto your, your free tool of rickrungood.com and you look at the guys who are leading in short game. You have Hatton right there, who, as I just mentioned, I love he's he's top of the board in short game. Hovland is second. Okay, that's a really good sign for Hovland. Again, yeah. just don't like the number. The guy that really stands out to me is Russell Henley. Because Russell Henley, in a way, although his success here hasn't been great, he kind of checks multiple boxes here. And you got to scroll down. Where is he? Where is he? Young? Eight. 80 to one. He's 80 to one. Yeah. He's 80 to one. There he is. So, I mean, he's really attractive. He's sitting at 300 par. He's six back. He's a great, he's a great iron player by trade, although he's lost almost a half a shot in the first two rounds. So around the greens, he's been, he's been really good. And I, I, in the reverse model category, he's kind of, he's kind of the guy. I, am not opposed. So this is a rare opportunity and kind of a rare thing that we get on the PGA tour when you have not one, but two and maybe like two and a half stars at the top of the leaderboard is everybody else is so long, Greg, Cam Young, 60 to one, Scotty Scheffler, 66. You mentioned Russell Henley, 80 to one. Patton Kazire is 
six shots off the lead. He's four shots off of second, and he is a hundred to one. I would not be opposed to being an agent of chaos and betting a couple of these guys in the 60, 80, 100 with the idea that you saw what can happen. This course can play three strokes over par. If you go out and shoot one under tomorrow, you might make up a lot of ground on the field. I, I think that this is with a hard golf course and with the guys that we have shaping up at the top, I think this is an opportunity on a Friday to, to throw a couple of, of, of long shots out there and see what happens. I, I think so too. And you have guy, where is, um, I'm trying to find another guy that really caught my eye. I'm trying to find his, uh, Oh, there he is. Oh, he's Sam Burns is at 40. So he, he's kind of interesting too. Kazire. I, I'm not as crazy about Kazire, although he's had a nice putting week so far. He's he he really hasn't scrambled very well at all. So it's it's almost surprising that he's in the category that he's in. He's doing a great job with his iron play and proximity to the hole. So he he could be an interesting guy. He's one on the PGA tour. I'm not as crazy about it as I am as I am um Henley. The other guy who has my interest is Scotty Scheffler. Mm-hmm. And it's it's a little strange. I, I don't feel like Scotty Scheffler has um, has putted very well and has done a lot. But do you think do you think he's just too far back, Rick? I think he's so he's one under par. He's um, one under. The good news about Scotty. So I, I think my my brain says he's probably too far back, but my heart knows that Scotty and I don't have the numbers in front of me, but he's like one of those guys who can gain five strokes in a round a lot, right? We've seen him shoot a 59. We've seen him get in these like really, really hot moments where he can gain four or five or six shots on the rest of the field. And on Saturday or Sunday, that might only be three or four under par around Bay Hill. So that's the exciting part about Scotty Scheffler, but you're going to need, you're going to need one of those ceiling weeks. I think it's, Man, it's um, it's a lot to make up at one under, and it's a lot of guys to kind of move past. So he has made, yeah, I guess he hasn't made as many because I was looking at him saying, well, he's made a lot of birdies. Um, he's made eight birdies, which is that's only that's tied eighteenth. Yeah, so it's not that's not really all that. It's not all that special. I mean, Max Holm has made more. He's also at one under par. He's made nine birdies. Um, but there's just not a lot of birdies out there. So I guess my favorite plays in looking at this would be, would be, I'll give you three Hatton for kind of a favorite. I, I like his number right now. Uh, and I like the way that he's playing Henley at 80 to one. And the other would be like a, a Cameron young or something yes. like that. Cause yeah. he's, he just seems like he's due and he's hanging tough. Dude, he is um, really he is really impressive. He so I'm very good. impressed. <laughs> he's so good. And I think some of his advantages, I was talking to um to Michael Breed about this this morning. Like on the Corn Ferry tour, on some of the mini tours, his advantage is in a way reduced. The golf courses are maybe a little shorter, the rough isn't as long, and his advantage of speed is minimized. Whereas you get out here on the PGA tour where the greens are a little bit tougher, a little firmer, roughs a little longer conditions, get a little tougher and now distance and what you can gain off the tee really starts to make the courses a lot easier and it starts to separate you. And this is an extreme example of that. So if he can have a great driving weekend, I I think he could, I, I think he could do things. Not a lot of guys on this board can 
with his speed. Rory obviously can. Right. Um, So it's kind of, he's kind of interesting to me. Yeah. I'd fire some bombs down there. Cam Young, Patton Kazire. Russell Henley's not so bad either. Yeah. Fire, fire some bombs down there. You might be in a lot better shape this time tomorrow. And we'll be back this time tomorrow to recap round three. And of course we'll do the same after round four, but for now, Let me give a big thanks to producer Jacob does all the hard work behind the scenes that right there. Greg Ducharme, you can find on Twitter at the real GFD and you can find me at Rick run good. This has been the first cut and we'll catch you next time.